You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to... Episode three of Dear Multi Hyphenate. Yeah. Oh, I love, right. I love that. Third episode and uh, second guest as okay. well. Because, uh, well, the reason why I reached out to you so soon is because why we met Adam Heinemann is uh, we were connected by Pearson Wrinkle, who uh, was like, I know two multi hyphenates that should be meeting each other. And we had coffee on the Upper West Side. And now we're here. I love it. So, okay, when I, I, there's, I open up the podcast with um, a few different things now because I'm starting to figure out the footing of this podcast and uh, it doesn't leave my brain now at all. And I'm like, okay, well, I could do that. You know, um, as us creatives often when we're doing something, it doesn't leave our brains. Um, I want to know what a multi-hyphenate is to you. Exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that more and more we're moving towards a world of multi-hyphenated artists, multi-hyphenated professionals. I think that within our generation particularly, millennials have a um, kind of mission-driven purpose um, I myself am someone fueled by contribution. Um, and in my upbringing, doing many different things, um, I was able to gain such fulfillment by being a part of community, by being a p- in contribution to something greater than self. Um, so it was kind of a um, pathological thing that really led me maybe even self-centered, I was so fulfilled by doing lots of different things. So why would I stop? Um, at um, At every kind of flux moment or um, renegotiation point from school to professional or amateur to professional or whatever, there, there requires a, um, a renegotiation. You do have to focus. You do have to create clearance in one area, particularly. That's with any, I think, rite of passage or huge moment in your life. You have to create clearance and focus in. Um, those moments when I was just doing one thing, however, mm-hmm. always brought me back to um, 
the confirmation that I'm whole when I am in conversation across disciplines and um, able to contribute in many different areas. So I think for me, um, multi-hyphenate is someone who is contributing to the um, height of their potential. I love that. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, and I completely agree with you, 110%. I mean, as artists, we are spiritual beings and people. And so it's really great to uh, tie in that spiritual experience with a commercial uh, theater experience as well, because mm. you are working right now on two shows on Broadway, yeah. which is very exciting. And that's The Inheritance and that's Hades Town. So talk to me about your experiences, how mm. they uh, give and take from each other. Uh, draw us a little Venn diagram, shall, shall oh, we? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to be spitballing because I, you know, this is just flow and I love that. Um, this is such a safe space to do that. Yes. Um, I am a performer in Hades town. I'm currently a swing and, um, I've been a performer, um, in several shows and that is kind of the foundation, I think of my artistry. Um, but I always knew it wasn't the, um, quintessence. Mm -hmm. It was never just going to be that. Um, I have been dibble dabbling in <laughs> producing. I've been um, always interested in how we make decisions, um, where the flow of an idea is curated and amplified in this collaborative art form that is theater. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually was a major injury I had that was the catalyst to me really stepping into the producing, re-educating myself, um, networking, really figuring out um, the particulars on the opposite side of the table so that I can, once again, be in contribution, so that I can use my own ability to... Um, make a stand for what I want to, you know, see impact and the potential and the progress in, in the industry. So right now it's kind of a cool capacity because I'm a vacation swing at Hades Town, mm -hmm. which kind of feels like I'm Hades Town's cool gay uncle yeah. who just kind of like shows up for Love that. <laughs> holidays and special occasions, yeah. but I'm not full time in the building. Mm -hmm. So it created some space for me to also um, be taking on projects and very much on the producing realm, especially on the commercial producing realm. If you're not the lead producer on a show, it also feels very kind of freelance or part-time. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not taking on full liability. Mm -hmm. um, you're not structuring the LLC, for instance, like Sonia Friedman, Tom Curtihy and Hunter Arnold did together as the lead producers for The Inheritance. Those, I would say that executive producing team structures out a supporting producing team under them with investors and co-producers. So I'm on the co-producing side. And of course there's a financial responsibility to raise, but also we have such a wealth and rich 
pool of co-producers that are experienced and passionate and heart and soulful Um, that are being utilized within teams and marketing and advertising and strategy. So it's really rewarding to be a part of that cohort cohort, Mm -hmm. to clarify the audience for the show, to continue to um, be strategizing how this beautiful show can reach more people. It's kind of amazing, right? Because uh, I'm thinking about the the co-pros that I know Mm -hmm. on The Inheritance and... and, uh, it's primarily a younger team, is yes. it not? Yeah. yeah. And same with Be More Chill. There mm-hmm. are more shows where uh, it's younger teams starting to uh, show up on Broadway. Yeah. And those people, the thing, the people that I'm thinking of uh, that are on different teams, you know, they are all people that are multi-hyphenates. They all cross-pollinate in the industry. And I feel like there's like proof in the pudding right there that you know, multi-hyphenating, the act of it works, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I mean, how many times have you come across the question, like, what is it that you do, though? Mm. You know, that condescending question, but also uh, people love to label, people love to put you in a box. I don't mean to speak for you, but for me and for a lot of art- other artists that I know, but this kind of goes, well, watch me. You know, you have two, you have your name in two different playbills right now on Broadway. And there's, uh, whoa. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. That's wild. wild. Yeah. Right. That really hit me just now. Yeah. In one, one time, one seat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. That's That's something that, and thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for that moment of kind of, um, awareness, something that, um, Oren Squire, mm-hmm. who's an incredible multi-hyphenate himself. Mm-hmm. Gotta jot that down, gotta have him on the... <laughs> okay. A writer, producer, mm-hmm. director. He very much um, lives by an I- ideal of karmic practice. Yeah. You know, practice. And um, the linchpin in really allowing your um, seeds and karma to really um, grow mm-hmm. is rejoicing. Right. And that's something that we oftentimes skip over. Mm-hmm. Um, but celebrate, sorry, I did not mean yeah. to interrupt you, but celebrating each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, people go, and this is just, I'm citing people. I'm not saying that this is how I feel about myself. But like, you know, I have friends that come over for a headshot session with me in my studio and they go, they look around my photos that I have like in my, in my space and they're like, you should be so proud of yourself. And I go, I don't, I, yeah, when I when something happens, I pat myself on the back, but there's always so much more work to be done. There's always so much more work to be done. I think I could afford to maybe celebrate a little more, but in the work, karmically, in the work that I choose to do, I choose to celebrate others. And when I produce, it's, uh, it's to lift your vision up higher. It's, you know, with Indoor Boys, it was to lift Wes and, and Alex's vision higher to make that come alive. Like, when I, uh, and I say this every episode, I reiterate what I think multi-hyphenate is, and that's an artist who has multiple proficiencies that cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. So basically, I think what that means to me is that, you know, I am a photographer and my income with my photography helps me produce projects that I could be in or am passionate about. Um, 
if you take me out to coffee, if you if I meet you at 54 Below or Green Room 42 or somewhere and you tell me about a project and it falls under the umbrella of what I believe in and what how I want to be represented as an artist, I will help you out the best that I can, you know? And I think that that is celebratory in itself as well. Yeah, I, feel I think that. that is so absolutely the case. Um, I, I sometimes get into um, conversations or debates about purpose. Mm -hmm. Even my fiance and yeah. I, um, he's also in the industry and we have kind of different ideas about purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of performers um, can sometimes say that um, they have a, a tracked idea mm -hmm. of what fulfilling their purpose is. For me, um, I don't think my purpose is any one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we sometimes conflate passion and purpose. We were talking about right? sober coffee and I brought it up in, uh, in another episode. Yeah. Um, passion versus purpose. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Um, I think that your purpose is really an umbrella mm -hmm. that collects um, an essence that fuels you towards mm -hmm. anything. And your passions can be vehicles that you activate your purpose. So I call, always talk about activating your purpose and you can do that anywhere. That can happen in the best conversation you have with a loved one. That can happen for me when I am sharing a narrative on stage. That can happen when I'm amplifying somebody else's vision mm -hmm. on a producing capacity. That can happen when um, I do some of my um, crisis work and um, social work within the Trevor Project. Um, it can happen so many different ways. Um, but you have to be clear about the why instead yeah. of the what. Right. For me, it's about using my gifts and talents as a conduit of connection, right? And I have mission, I have idea, I have vision, mm -hmm. but if it's not in line with that kind of community essence mm -hmm. and being a conduit so that it's greater than just self-oriented, then it's not in line with my purpose. Right. So that changes how the, sh the shows that I will audition for. Same girl, yes. That changes the projects that I will raise money for, that changes the uh, dramatical, dramaturgical like consulting I'll do on certain projects, mm -hmm. that changes the people I'll spend time with right. creating relationships. So. I have a genuine question for you. Now, I the I Great. talked to I <laughs> rather than the rather than a fake question. <laughs> um, uh, now, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's that's why I have you on here wholeheartedly is because I agree with you. No, I'm just kidding. I, I I I welcome someone that I don't you know agree with so we can have a a, a peaceful discussion. Okay. Um, but I do agree with what you're saying 110. percent um, now I've had this conversation with other people where the act of, um, the idea of privilege comes into the conversation. Uh, someone, uh, a few people have said, you know, like, well, you're privileged enough to have, uh, the choices to be able to audition for shows that, you know, you're, you're privileged to be able to make those decisions. You're privileged to be able to do that. What are your thoughts on privilege when it comes to making these choices and the way that we live our artistic lives? Yeah, I think that we always have to acknowledge our privilege mm -hmm. everywhere we go. Yeah. Um, and we have to be responsible yeah. around privilege. I think that's that's really what it comes down to, and it's going to be so unique for each person. Um, at any level of marginalization mm -hmm. or disenfranchisement, 
there is also an aspect of um, contribution that can mm -hmm. still be, you know, activated. There's still purpose within every life. Yeah. So it's about showing up for your possibilities. Um, I sometimes speak with groups or students and I am sometimes asked about my injury and what that kind of experience was. Um, I was performing and I was leaving one show to start another one and I had this major injury that affected everything and I couldn't dance, I couldn't even feel my legs. So I was replaced yeah. at, in, in both uh, productions. So that really got real, like how I was walking my walk and talking my talk because it was so clear that I could either spiral in my circumstance right. or I could show up for my possibility. I didn't know what my purpose was or what the purpose for this injury was. And I actually believe that you don't have to know. Yeah, You don't have to know what the purpose is to step into your possibility. You have to choose it. You have mm -hmm. to really choose it. So that, that I think goes like part and parcel with the idea of privilege. Um, you cannot be um, overwhelmed by your privilege and feeling shame around it. And you also cannot um, be stuck in your circumstance if you have a lack of privilege right. to not step forward right. and create create connection, create all of those things. Because purpose still exists everywhere. You don't have to know how, how to do it. And what we also know is that um, comparison is the thief, mm. thief of joy. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe that that comparison thing becomes destructive. Not that it's not real, not that certain people don't have the same access and everything, right. but Joy can unleash mm -hmm. your ability to choose potential, right? Right. So if we're robbing our joy by comparison to others, then we're also compromising our ability to step into our, our potential, which will activate our purpose. So it turns right. into a feedback wheel. Right. And, you know, it, that, that's the thing. But, it's like, yeah, privilege is real. And it, yeah. it's a conversation that I think you have to step forward with. Mm -hmm. um, and anyone who is using their, their privilege to make major steps or moves should also take the responsibility of that. Right. Like I know my my areas of privilege, even as a queer multiracial man that works that walks through the world, I have marginalization and disenfranchisement, but I also know the areas that I have such privilege mm -hmm. and I also have to lead with that, mm -hmm. be transparent with that and again use it for a greater. Right. I mean, where we choose to kind of hang out says that, like, w the last time I saw you was just, like, two weeks ago at the Rosie's yeah. Gala. You know, it's like we uh, are surrounding ourselves in environments that are helping the world around us. You know, it's, uh, we were dressed up, you know, we were at this table, and, um, but at the same time, we're celebrating these kids that are working so hard to, and eventually will be our bosses. You know what I mean? Like, 
those kids on that stage are going to find themselves throughout college and eventually be telling us what to do as well and hiring us for events and opportunities. I mean, I'm we're doing that mm-hmm. for our idols, you know, hiring if I'm producing a concert at, you know, a performance venue here, I'm reaching out to people that I grew up listening to on cast albums and stuff like that. And um, what I'm trying to say is, is that I think by being there and putting ourselves in environments where we can lend our privilege to make that a better place, that's what it's all about. It's acknowledging that privilege and putting it to use. Mm. Um for the greater good. Mm. And I think that we are in conversation and discussion about how we reinterpret the idea of pipeline. Right. And um, sometimes I think it is a multi-hyphenate <laughs> that has the perspective to actually realize we have to keep the pipelines open, the channels open where we come from, anything. We cannot stop our momentum forward um but it's so similar to um an african um proverb um idea of sankofa which is moving forward while looking back Mm -hmm. and at any moment you can't you can't run with your privilege and create momentum and forsake the area that you come from and you have to keep those channels open so like wherever you're moving you have to realize that there's also a responsibility to take where you've come right. with you. And um, it's not about using your privilege to stay in areas of privilege or more, to acquire more privilege. It's about perhaps opening up the, the space so that it's, well, I am here and therefore I'm bringing with me. So it's not just about you because that can you know activate areas of tokenism and mm-hmm. blah, 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 that can create a, a negative aspect of, of isolation um, and um, kind of dysphoria when your experience is not affirmed. Um, so that's another reason why I'm such a advocate and proponent about real community building mm-hmm. wherever you go. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. A question. You bring up an interesting point about isolation. Um, have you, even though we do work about, like in regards to our community, we build up community, like we can ask anyone for anything, you know, mm. because 
we do good work and we are good people and we, you know, have a good reputation, knock on wood, <laughs> you know, but, but in that, in that whole, um, experience, do you ever find yourself isolated and lonely? I think, cause I think sometimes being a multi-hyphenate, we take on so much, we, um, experience a lot. We, uh, plan, we have to plan, we have to produce, we have to send emails, we have to take meetings that sometimes our social life is compromised or our social life becomes our work life. Do you ever find that it can be a lonely experience at times? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that it can, that can manifest in, in two realms. I think that yeah. can manifest socially mm -hmm. because, um, you're running around doing so many things, straddling multiple lanes, therefore your capacity for social engagement or building those relationships are you know, limited because right. you have to kind of burn the candle on both ends. And then I think um, individually it can kind of come um, in an idea of, um, self-identification mm -hmm. and how you are um, carrying at one time multiple hats mm -hmm. and you have to go into certain scenarios putting one on a lot of like code switching kind of right. but like in an idea of identity yeah. but there's no identity right. cap that you can put on at the end of the day and being like hmm i am all of these things right you have to do the work to right. like maintain them at once or kind of remove it and, and maybe i don't know have a have a different way of finding balance that's literally that's what i say i, I put a little more uh, maybe i shouldn't do this but also yeah some someone's got to say it i feel like but put a little more definite like a little more definition on that like when it comes to being a multi-hyphenate we we didn't have these conversations two years a year ago mm -hmm. two years ago you know um so and now this generation is kind of coming up being like i do this i do but i do all this stuff um and people have told me no this whole time that i can't do i can't do multiple things i can't do it i can't live a successful life i can't stay focused like you know we have teachers that say if you can think of doing anything else do that you know anything other than performing do that mm. there are teachers that literally say that literally say that to their students and it's so insane because we are able to multi-hyphenate but um i think that to proudly wear the multi-hyphenate coat hat i think that you have to be able to make a living off of the things that you're doing and also i think that they need to they need to inform each other mm -hmm. i i don't think that i've said this in another episode as well but i don't think like a knitter, roller skater, and performer is a multi-hyphenate. It's hobbies and fun things to do. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you find ways that they coincide, that's a different story, but my income directly benefits my projects that I produce or can perform in. And I think that that is the cross-pollination. That's what makes a multi-hyphenate. Mm -hmm. a professional multi-hyphenate absolutely i i for me i i sometimes think about that um when i had a moment where i fully embraced my identity as an artist mm -hmm. 
and claiming that in its fullness for so long. And I went to a liberal arts school and I was studying lots of different things. And there's maybe a ego-driven thing about it where I was like, well, I'm like an academic right. or I'm an anthropologist. Yeah. And and I also do like performance on the side and I also right. do theater on the side. and I, Or I'm an athlete and like I also do theater on the side. Or, you know, like when friends were doing interviews and iBanking and consulting and I was like, well, maybe I should do that and maybe I should, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That there was an idea that like, I, I don't want to like, jump all the way into like being an artist because I can't maintain some sort of like safety or security or like superiority maybe even like, like I have one foot out the door too, Mm -hmm. but I came to a, a realization that actually everything that I am most passionate about career-wise, professionally, and impact comes from the arts. Mm -hmm. That that is such a wide, wide, wide place that I can activate all of these um, areas um, that it's not about not claiming that. It's about fully jumping in and seeing the width and breadth that Mm -hmm. exists. And I think about that. Um, even like the the actual term of like vocation, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the Latin root of the vocatio, which means calling. It's not work. Right. It's not a job. It's a calling. Right. I'm called to be an artist. And in all of these areas, in the arts, I can fulfill my logical, my creative, my organizational, my leadership, mm-hmm. all of those areas. I was a little scarred. I was a, I'm a little late to the uh, club of owning like my, oh, I'm hungry. Did you hear my stomach growl? Jeez, I heard, I heard it in the, hey. Um, so I, I, uh, I'm a little late to the club in regards to ownership. You know, I, I was scarred in college because in my review letters, my first one that I ever got was that I was very self-focused in my work. And I don't want to be self-focused ever. That goes against what I believe in. And I think really the conversation was that I was I had performative energy and I was making the whole scene about me. But I took that and rolled with it and got super heady about it. It was like, oh my God, I'm self-focused in everything I do in all of my life. So I'm really careful, even like creating this podcast, like creating my Kushner photography, uh, social media posts, like creating the dressing room project, all these things, there is a demon. There is someone that is in the back of my mind going, yeah, but like another thing that's gonna get you attention, like, you know, like who are you actually benefiting like by doing this? So it makes me check, like check makes me check my ego and it makes me check at the actual community. Like, is this work benefiting the people around me for the greater good? And I think having all those outlets of artistry allows me to do that because it requires different parts of our heart, different parts of our gut, different parts of our brain. We th- I, I think in a much different way than I, uh, for photography than I do for performance. Mm-hmm. You know, it requires different tactics of communication and therefore i think it requires different uh tactics of um 
different parts of the ego, different parts of, uh, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm tr- basically what I'm trying to say is that ego is a part of who we are mm-hmm. all the time. But as long as we check it and make sure that we're benef- benefiting the world around us, I think that our work becomes whole as mm-hmm. a part of, as opposed to just self-focused. Yeah, I think that's such a important um nuanced conversation to have because every multi-hyphenate has to create anchoring for themselves that is unique there's no rubric that you can follow there's no plan of action if you start to like look at how someone else did or what their journey was you'll end up in the weeds because they have a different mix and blend than you so that's so real about like using everything as feedback and like awareness that even like while feelings are not facts like they're real Mm -hmm. they create a real experience so how can you use it as like awareness so that like you're not shaming yourself for having fear or shaming yourself for like being ego driven but being like well this comes up at certain times how can i use it so that it's actually in line with the fullness of what my purpose is you know right i'm using this like this feedback i got that like makes me scared to like think that everything is ego driven but like <laughs> it's actually a point of awareness that keeps me grounded mm-hmm. in what the fullness of my potential right. is supposed to be used for so i think that is so um, important for the conversation of multi-hyphenates because it's like what is your north star yeah what is driving you like you say, what's that space, that essence, that conversation that is between these things mm-hmm. that move it all in parallel? Right. That it's not like distracting. It's not these things that like aren't in the same universe. Did we talk about, I love, uh, one of my professors at Ithaca, Cynthia Henderson, uh, teaches acting from a very metaphysical standpoint, like a very scientific standpoint. And it was, I loved it so much. And a lot of people that, took calculus, you know, A, B, B, C, all that good okay. stuff, were able to connect to acting that way because it was, it was there was like almost like a finite answer to mm. like the scene work and stuff like that. It was really cool, super cool. heavy, but like really cool. And um, so I like started doing my own writing and started my, my own like diving into what not only acting is, but the work is that I do. And I went back to just... Uh, science and i was like there there's a really interesting thing that we play with as artists and that's potential and kinetic energy mm. you know the the principles of 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 physical science it's like we everyone every artist in in the city in the world has the potential energy to be a multi-hyphenate you know i don't think you and i are special I think that we have just activated tools and a muscle memory to exist mm-hmm. <laughs> by balancing different acts of art. You yeah. know, that's what that is to me, cycling it and balancing it and having it inform each other. So there's that phys- there's that potential energy and then the kinetic energy is actually sending that email and going, I want to produce this. Like, how can you help me? Mm. And then adding that, creating that muscle memory it's like going to the gym you know what i mean it's like figuring out uh 
understanding equity rules. You know what I mean? If you're going to do a 29 hour reading, like what are your limitations and what are, what can you and can you not do? It's just, it's just diving into the experience. It's the potential versus the kinetic energy. And I think it's scientific and a lot more people are able to understand it when you look at it that way. What do you think of that? Wow, that's so much. I mean, <laughs> I know I'm heady AF. Like, I very much agree with that. I think you kind of have your own case yeah. <laughs> developed that yeah. is is either it's binary. You right. either agree with that or you don't. Right. Um, I definitely agree with that. I think it Fierce. also <laughs> <laughs> connects to an idea of um, action, mm-hmm. right? And um, I don't know why this keep kept coming up, but. Um, there is, I think about if we want to go like kind of physical or metaphysical, mm-hmm. the idea of um, like water yeah. or certain substances that have um, between like states. Mm-hmm. Um, so gas, right? Mm-hmm. There and like air, mm-hmm. it like there's a hydrogen bond at the surface you betcha. of water that creates like a tension, right? So you have to break that initial thing but once you're in the actual liquid once you're in the water you can move much like easier yeah um so i think about that sometimes it's like the the ripping off the band-aid it's the um action of doing anything that um takes a lot more like energy to unleash to be your catalyst but once you're moving you're you're in flow you're in momentum because then we talk about the law of entropy, right. which allows you to keep moving in the direction that you're going. Um, something that someone told me that I always hold on with me is that uh, you're only a stranger once. Ooh. And I think about that professionally. Yeah. When I'm stuck in areas or I'm a stranger to producing or I'm a stranger to directing or whatever. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I'm only a stranger once. Mm-hmm. So, Am I going to allow humility and like my ego to get in the way Mm -hmm. where like I don't want to be like not excellent or not like an expert or not whatever right right off the bat? It's just like be a stranger. Yeah. But after that, you're you're acquainted. Yes. You know? Yeah. And it's muscle memory. You just keep playing, Mm -hmm. keep figuring it out, keep figuring it out. And, you know, uh, having these different proficiencies i'm like how how am i doing like how am i like the photography proficiency it's like that is that muscle is i'm in the gym every day you know what i mean five times a day Mm. it's like it is like it is a muscle the producing muscle is like it's happening it's growing it's all that stuff but my performance muscle that i have exercised since i'm nine years old Mm. is like you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. where is it going? Like, oh my God, like it used to be much more. So I'm like, okay, I think it might be time for class. It might be time to go back to class. It might, like, yeah. it doesn't matter that I've been doing this since I'm nine years old. Like, it's never too late to go back to class. It's mm. never too late to get 
reacquainted. Yeah. Because we're, we're only strangers once, baby. Yeah. And we are that, we are a body, you know, and, and everything has a different purpose. And sometimes we're just utilizing one area. But yeah. like how as a multi-hyphenate can you create a world of feedback and awareness? Like your mirror. Yeah. Because if you are just working out your arms and blah, 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 right. and you have no mirror to show you that like your legs have not <laughs> atrophied and not working, you, you don't, you don't know, you right. might continue it. Right. But how can we like check in with a mirror? What does that mirror look like for right. you that can keep you holistic and strong across your body? And also our bodies are made of water. Water. What we were just talking about. Yes. You know? So I love that. You're <laughs> been amazing. And I love talking like because, you know, what we sometimes when we're walking on Ninth Avenue and and, you know, we see our friends and we're doing the thing and we have that conversation. How are you? What are you up to? Blah, blah, blah. It's, it becomes, you know, very run of the mill. Yeah, and, wrote. You know, but this conversation, it's, there's so much possibility and so much um, energy. And I'm feeling revitalized after talking to you and feeling more grounded and feeling uh, more confident in my decisions in my life. And I, Hope that you got something out of this too. Oh, absolutely. I hope that my listeners did as well. Yeah. <laughs> and social media, where can we find you? You can find me at Adam underscore Hindman, or I'm really accessible on my website, adamhindman.com. Great. And we can catch you in Hades Town as well. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Adam. You're the best. Thanks, Mikey. Yeah. This podcast is produced by the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure to find me online via Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at the Dressing Room Project, or on Twitter at mkushnerphoto, and visit me online via bpn.fm forward slash dearmultihyphenate. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.